Hello and welcome to City Wave Cinema. My name is James. That's America. We watched a fucking movie. We also apologize that episodes have kind of been so sporadic as of late. It's the holiday season. Cry about it harder. Wow. You're really... I'm cranky. Yeah. I'm cranky. Why are you so cranky? Because we had to watch the goddamn Jungle Cruise. I didn't want to go see it and I was correct. It... I, I used to be of the opinion that Dwayne Johnson had enough talent and charisma that he could take any script and make it good. But then some screenwriters in Hollywood thought to themselves, well, we're up to the challenge. And so they wrote a script that was so bad that... Not even Dwayne Johnson could save it. And then they threw in a cherry on top, and not Jack Whitehall could save it either. Jack Whitehall was the only good part of this movie. He was quite funny, and he had a good arc. Yeah, his character was nice. You know what characters weren't nice? The protagonist. The rest of them. Um, Paul Giamatti was funny. <laughs> who was that? Yeah, the Italian, Milo. Oh, really? The Italian guy. Oh, okay. I also read a note somewhere that said that this was the first time that Paul Giamatti, who is an Italian, plays an Italian. Huh. So that that's kind of funny. Welcome to 1916. This is that is, the year? Yes, this is World War One. That's going to come into fact later. Later, there's going to be a big deal about the fact that it's World War One. Multiple times, actually. This is World War One. Okay. Okay. Now. Yes, America. Why do we need a movie based on every old Disney ride? Because Pirates of the Caribbean performed so well in Curse of the Black Pearl that Disney said, Money Tree? Cha-ching! Didn't 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea come first? I don't know. What is that movie even? There was a ride, and it was like the submarines, and... The do you I, really did, not know did, about no, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? I don't sea? know what the fuck you're talking about. You're, you are talking about nonsense. Okay. Well, anyways, Disney movie. I don't, I, don't, I don't need a Disney movie for every ride that doesn't are, isn't already based off a movie. Yeah. There are some that are based off movies. But, like, we've, we've done this now where we had, like, a Tomorrowland movie that sucked. And we had a Haunted Mansion movie that sucked. The Haunted Mansion was better than this movie. And we had a Jungle Cruise movie that sucked. So can we just stop? It was like a bad Jumanji. You it know? really it was, was. It was like a bad Jumanji. But you could do almost anything story-wise with Jumanji and write it off as being a part of some grand scheme magic game. But that's because you did the work to set that up as reality. You know what they didn't do? For this whole movie? Give you any sort of expectation for anything at all. There are no rules. It's no holds barred. Anything goes. Pretty much. Atlantis did a better job of, like, at least explaining, like, the lore of the Yeah, world. I mean, they, they spent the first five minutes talking about the legend of the fucking whatever. It's so unmemorable that I, I don't know what it's about. We finished the movie 20 minutes ago. As of recording, the movie ended 20 minutes ago. I don't know what the fuck happened in the movie. 
because it was just everything was bad. It was so poorly paced and poorly written and like okay. Let's just go from the fucking beginning. Jack Whitehall is Wait. in this movie. No, that's not the beginning because we did get the He does the narration. Oh, does he do the narration? Yeah, it's Jack Whitehall doing oh. the narration because it's part of his speech at the place with the thing. I I got to the end of that flashback at the beginning that you were just talking about, and I literally wrote, I am already lost and confused. Because it was... They did. They, they tried to explain the plot. They took five, literally, five on-screen minutes in the first part of the movie to do a prequel type thing to explain how we got to where we are right now. And it didn't explain anything. I mean, I'm sure it did, but it, like James said, it was so, like, tedious and forgettable that I got to the end of it, and then me and James were confused about most of the portions of, like, the plot for the rest of the time just because the first five minutes just... Zoom, gone. So, didn't stick. So... To give you a sort of basis here, there's a magic tree in the Amazon with flower petals that do magic, and that's all we know. They cure anything. In theory, it's never been proven, but it's also 1916, so science isn't real yet. So, you have Jack Whitehall as the character McGregor, which I think is his first name. I think so, too. And I also think that that's an original Jungle Cruise character, like from there, the there ride. Are, there are a few nods to the actual ride, and those parts of the movie are the best parts of the I movie. I think McGregor is one of them. Trader Sam is mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, the hippo, the launching hippo out yeah, of the water yeah, is yeah. one of them. The waterfall... Really, you get a lot of the main ride in, like, the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, and I... I mean, I, I've got notes all about that shit. Yeah, so let's get... So we open up with, like the James said... Hall. Yeah, this lecture hall trying to get... Funding for an expedition. To go find these tiers of the moon from the tree, which is just petals off of the tree. Right. So Jack Whitehall is down there in front of this board of crusty old white men who are sexist uh, and hate women it's 1916 they're supposed to i know i it's mean just, I, it's not good but i give them a pass for historical context of women weren't people yet it's just very heavy-handed like they hit that yeah they it, do it a lot this, like the entire movie is just like women wearing pants women doing this women women and i'm like i get that we're going for historical accuracy but but we aren't don't worry i'll talk about that later the the movie is two hours and a couple minutes long. And for the whole time, there isn't one ounce of subtlety to anything. That is true. The, it, it is not written subtly. There is no subtle dialogue. There is only a thousand miles an hour in every direction at once. So you never go anywhere and you just are bored. For two hours. This, if I were a famous film critic, I would be the reason the movie bombs. This movie is so fucking bad. Okay, 
So he's giving it's a real speech. Pretty. He's giving a speech. Up in the rafters of this lecture hall uh, is Emily Blunt. Who Being plays... obnoxious. Yes, she is. Uh, she wrote the speech. Let's just get that clear. I don't care if you write the speech or whatever. Do not ever sit there and mouth along with someone. Yeah. Please, just, just for the sanity of every public speaker, performer out there, I don't care how well you know the musical. I don't care how well you know the speech. I don't care. Do not sit there and mouth along, because if the person on stage doesn't want to punch you, the person next to you does. All done. Continue. I don't know. The only reason I think she's mouthing along is to show the movie audience that she wrote the speech. Um, so, eventually, he, he start, he's got sweaty hands, so he's mushing the ink on his note cards, and he gets lost, and then it starts going badly, and then the cranky old scientist guys are like, fuck you, you don't get funding because fuck you and you stole this from some lady who is probably not related to you. Wink, wink, she is. And so immediately, Emily Blunt's character fucks off. Just is like, oh, it's gone bad, fail. Okay? I've only cool. got a, I've only got so much time now to go. If, if this was her plan, though, she should have started going to steal the arrowhead. Immediately. The minute he was on stage. She shouldn't have even been in the audience. Like, she knew they weren't going to say yes. That's true. That I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing in the movie makes sense. No, no one makes a rational decision the entire time. And I don't know if it's because this is a world where magic exists, but by the way, you won't find that shit out until the end of the movie, just so you know. Um... It's not clear. It's like a will they, won't they for an hour and a half. It's an hour and 40 minutes of edging to have your dick cut off right at the end. Um, <clears throat> so It's also very cliche to have like a public speech that gets like ruined because the note cards get messed up. He does have a funny emergency note card, though, that says, if it all goes sideways, read this slowly. And that's sort of like, this is the timer for when the... Uh, when the heist has to start and take place. I uh, There were some funny notes in there from the part, like the read this slowly part, where he's like, yellow fever, scarlet fever, 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 and that. There are some good, solid lines in here every once in a while. That's one of them. Jack Whitehall is a stand-up comedian. He was and the best I, part. I did read a note that stated that Jack Whitehall was ecstatic to learn he could improvise on set. I don't trust any of his dialogue, besides serious lines, were actually him. Oh, thank God. That's why they were good. I think his <laughs> jokes that were funny were literally Jack Whitehall being a comedian because that's what his whole entire job is. Yellow and he's fever. a very good comedian. Scarlet Fever. Fever, fever, fever. That that reads like a Jack Whitehall joke all the way. Now, while he's doing this occupying everyone's attention bullshit, uh, Emily Blunt's character sneaks out and is trying to find her way to wherever this thing she's looking for is, because we don't know what it is yet. And she's going along, runs into Jesse Plemons, who is... Um, the Prince of Germany? Prince... Wachim uh, of Germany. And I don't know if you know this, 
since you said earlier you're not a World War One buff, but no, nothing about the World War antagonists I. of World War One included Germany. Uh, Germany is generally the antagonist of the, most world wars. The protagonists included England. I knew those. So, things. so we've thrown historical context into the fucking ocean. Why? With a weight around its neck at the idea that the German prince, would the be in German England. military prince, would be in England. At the science museum thing? For any reason. Well, he was putting on a fake ac fake accent, remember? Yes, he had affected an accent. And then he killed everyone when that dude said his name. Right, but that dude knew who he was? That dude? Traitor. Traitor to England. Yep. Traitor to England through and through. The, the, the... This movie feels a lot like there's a lot of like slapdash decisions that happened in the writer's room, the results of which, if you think about them at all, cause insane chaos in the world. Now, she sort of yada yadas her way from where her seat was in the lecture hall all the way to the back room where they store historical documents and other things that England has stolen over the past years. Um as they are one to do. And uh, it's just a tumultuous, inane amount of bullshit. I wrote, I made a note about it. I, uh, I said, is she related to the Gates family? Or the Thatch family? I don't know what that means. Like Bill? No. What are you fucking talking about? The, the Gates in National Treasure. Oh, you related it to National Treasure. And Interesting. Atlantis. Uh, I just said she was shitty Indiana Jones. See, I was just like, she's got to be related to the Gates family, right? Like, because this is the only people that do stupid shit like this just to get historical artifacts. Yeah, but Nicolas Cage would have made a better protagonist in this movie. Because well, yeah, Nicolas then, Cage... Then you're throwing off the multiverse because he's, he's the future Gate. I fucking I don't give a shit. He's just better. I now I don't have anything against Emily Blunt as a person, but Nick Cage would have delivered on this movie in a way that would have been more endearing and interesting than Emily Blunt could have ever done. I did make a note that uh, I was she like, also fucking drugs a guy yeah. in the middle of this heist. I literally wrote, I was like, I think that's when it happened because she was like going through. She drugs. Yeah. She literally <laughs> drugged someone with like chloroform. She has a, a she just she has a rag, pre-soaked in chloroform. Or which, something. by the way, if you don't know how chloroform works, it takes about twenty minutes to knock someone out with chloroform. So you have to be breathing that shit deeply for a long time. Cinema has lied to you your entire life. And she just whips this cloth out, dabs at her neck to feign, uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed to have been I'm in the a, wrong place. I'm a woman. Right. Oh, ha, ha, I'm a lady. Ha. And just, like, mushes it into this guy's face. And he goes, <gasps> and passes out immediately. I literally wrote, oh, shit, she's a criminal. <laughs> yeah, she's, it, this whole sequence, I was just like, she's like, a worse, swaggerless version of Indiana Jones. 
There's no confidence to anything she does. She's terrible at running away. I don't know if it's just the way they fucking did Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones, but it there's always stakes. It always feels like he is actually on the he doesn't like he doesn't have the upper hand ever. And with this bitch, there are no stakes. And she always has the upper hand, which is hilarious. Um, there is a line that comes up because we get a lot of flashbacks to like her brother giving the speech and her jumping through there that I, I want to shout out the good parts of this movie where there are some. Most of them involve Jack Whitehall. <laughs> but McGregor has a line that because they ask, they're like, um, is there any relation between you and, and this other Dr. Houghton? Yeah, that wrote this article, and he said, none I've ever agreed to, <laughs> which was just, it was just the delivery and everything was just really funny on it. Yeah, so, Dr. Houghton steals this arrowhead from this box, I also, using a heist method extremely akin to Indiana Jones. Or Gates. No, because they plan. They're true. Um, I, I did end up writing, is she a good guy or a bad guy? I it's literally unclear. can't tell. It's unclear. She is a middle-of-the-road protagonist the whole way through the movie, and it's unbearable. It's awful. She also, like, remains remarkably calm through this entire theft. Like, even when she's dangling outside, she's just like... She doesn't panic ever. This is a normal occurrence for me. I don't I don't fucking understand. We also find out later she's a doctor. She's a real doctor, but she's a doctor of botany. And I don't know when the first doctorate was awarded to a woman in England. I can look that up. You should look that up because I don't think it was as early as 1916. I don't think so. And that's not to say that oh, she shouldn't have had a doctorate. That's to say uh, society has been a pile of ass up until, like, extreme recent history. So, the... 1853. She's 1853? Well, all right. That's something. Um, anyways. Yeah, she earned a PhD. It wasn't in England. It was in the United States, though. Oh, ha. no, she was born in 1853. So, uh... So she died in 1944. So when did she get her doctorate, that doesn't tell me. Oh, it's that donation time on Wikipedia. Oh again. yeah, they want all their money. That's fine. Um, it's mostly accurate information. Um, anyways, I'll keep going while you figure that out. Uh, we move on a sort 1877. of 1877. 1877. Yeah. In England. Uh, no, this was still at Boston University. Ha! Fuck you, England. She earned her doctorate in Latin or in Greek. She earned a PhD a, in Greek. It's a terrible thing to get a doctorate in, but okay, sure, whatever. It was anyway. the, it was the 1800s. Who cares? Um, so, fucking shit, man. Like we go from this scene in London, where first of all, it's not raining and miserable, so flaw. To uh, we're in the Amazon, in Brazil, right? We're in Brazil. Yeah, because yeah. that's where. That's where everything takes place. And that's also where, like, we're told we have to go, because that's where the... That's where the tears of the bullshit tree from the, the magic tree is. is. Yeah. It's so inane and stupid. There's not enough backstory 
for this at all. Um, so we go to the Amazon River, and bingo, bingo, bongo, here's your main character. It's Dwayne Johnson, and he's doing jokes. And his jokes are terrible. And you know why? Because they're supposed to be terrible. Because was... this is the portion of the movie where you get to experience the Jungle Cruise ride without your hour and 45 minute wait time at Disneyland. Dude, when was the last time the Jungle Cruise had an hour and 45 minute wait time? You want me to look at it right now? Go for it. It's one of the most popular rides in Bullshit. that fucking... It's what I've never waited a short amount of time. Look at just average wait time for freaking... Jungle Cruise. Where the hell is it? Is it in Animal Kingdom? It's No, it's in Magic Kingdom, but I think it's at Disneyland. I don't think we... They have to. Oh. It's a 55-minute wait right this second in Florida. I stand corrected. It's, I didn't think it was that exciting. It's 10... No, it's 9.20 p.m. in Florida, and it's an hour-long wait. All right, prove me wrong. Um, But I, I did write, because I wrote, this is pretty much how every Jungle Cruise ride feels. I also wrote, if you have to explain your jokes, it isn't funny. Um, That's true. But that was the funny part of the joke, was that he had to do that. Yeah, it was funny for the movie. It wasn't funny for me. Um, But yeah, so we get like very much like a step-by-step, -step, including like we were talking about before, the hippo coming out of the water, um, the toucans, the waterfall, like... All your very much jungle cruisy attractions were there. Woo. They did more of showing their ride than any other Disney movie that was based on a ride has done. Yeah. Like, yeah. They played the hits from the ride. I'll give them credit for that because, like, I was like, this is the jungle cruise. I, I know have exactly what part this is. Yeah, I have a note. It said, this is like being on the ride. This is the ride. The last time I rode Jungle Cruise was a blast. It was very fun. And it was exactly like that five minutes of movie. Now, the opening titles hit. Wait, I'm not done. Oh, okay. Ride. I also had notes that Proxy Jack wrote this movie because he is a pun master. Proxy Jack would have a coherent plot. And uh, the puns in this were insane all the time. Um, there's also a joke that's made throughout the movie that, like, uh, Frank can't turn it off ever. Like, he just, like, can't do it. Can't stop. Won't stop. And I'm like, that's... Literally, James, anytime, so he, like, anytime, <laughs> anytime. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. No, I was saying, like, anytime people ask, like, can you make America, like, not do that? And James like, nope, nope. Oh, yeah, no. Never can. Yeah, no. No one no, can. No, she's just, she's just like this, okay? Um, and then I also made a note about cast members who take their jobs too seriously at Disney World. Because <laughs> that's what, like, this gave me vibes on. It was, like, someone who, like really enjoyed their job as being a cast member on the Jungle Cruise, like, way too hard. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, okay, guy, yep, thank you, please stop. <laughs> yeah, it fucking was rough. Um, Anyways, those are all my Jungle Cruise red yeah, things. Yeah, the opening titles hit, and then uh, our darling protagonists, Jack Whitehall and Emily Blunt, arrive in Brazil, where they are immediately spotted by uh, a leering character who is very obviously henchman material. Um, and he sort of tails them for a little while. Uh, they get there. Jack Whitehall's making 
sad jokes about how he's too posh for this shit, which is true and he funny. He is absolutely too. I also um, kind of liked the, uh, I wrote this later, but I did like the um, juxtaposition of the gender stereotypes that it was like the man who was being like super prissy and super like. Yeah, they cast that perfectly. The problem is, is that they made Emily Blunt as unlikable as possible. Yeah, I, I wrote, my next note was, uh, I hate the main protagonist, so this is going to be a very long movie. <laughs> I, li- literally, she's just so difficult to enjoy on screen. It, she's got this Indiana Jones vibe in that she's sort of like a reckless, gonna do what I want type, but she does it wrong the whole time and it just it's just so shitty and she just is so unlikable and i it it made me so frustrated because it's like my kingdom dude give me we've done it there are movies there are movies where we've done this where we we have a, a a very feminist protagonist icon female who is well written isn't obnoxious is very relatable and just the audience wants them to win, right? I don't fucking want this chick to win in the movie. She's rude to everyone. Everything she says at all times is a contradiction to everything everyone else says. There is never a time when she is being helped or when she is looking for help or when she is trying to do a thing that she has no business knowing how to do or even attempting to do that she does anything correctly and it's not a matter of like oh you gotta do it this way it's like a if you understand the situation you're in as a human being you know you're in an environment you're not familiar with you've never fucking been here before you have no idea the language that's being spoken around you you don't know who you're looking for you don't know anything the last thing you're gonna do is walk around acting like you're in fucking charge. And that's all she does the entire time they're at the port. Is she just walks around like she's the head honcho. Even in fucking Indiana Jones, he had people in all the places he went to that were his friends that knew the places and they would escort him around and make sure that he was good to be in those places. Like, it... You have the fucking blueprint! They did this movie before, but with better talent. You just do do it again good. You, you had it. You, ha- you have an example, a prime example of this same type of character who wants to go and find stuff for history, for the betterment of people, and it's right fucking there. We made a bunch of movies about it. A trailer for the new one where Harrison Ford is a million years old, just hit two days ago. You have it. Does it look any good? I didn't watch it. Uh. You have him. You've got three. Prop- well, you've got like two and a half really good Indiana Jones movies. They're, they're quite good. Sean Connery's in them. There's talent out the ass in those fucking movies. And they're written at a time where it was way less kosher to be like good to people in general. Like. It's unbelievable to me that they could make a movie as good as Indiana Jones that was maybe offensive in some ways, but understandable 
and accepted and loved than to turn around and make this pile of fucking shit. It, you have a roster in this movie of tremendous talent. Dwayne Johnson's got talent. Emily Blunt's got talent. Jack Whitehall's hilarious. Paul Giamatti's in the movie. Fucking, who else, who else am I thinking of? Jesse Plemons is in the movie. He's great too. But no one in the movie does good. It's one of the worst scripts I've ever had the displeasure of looking at with my fucking eyes. God, it's so, it's pretty bullshit. And that's the only thing Disney knows how to fucking make anymore. God, fuck, man. It's so irritating that we just, we could do it. We could do it. They have the money. They spent like 150 million fucking dollars on this movie. You'd think they would write it. Say some shit. I have more things I want to complain about. Um... Yeah, okay. So we get to the port and we're going around. Um, there's a couple things that I want to shout out here. Uh, another Jack Whitehall line, which um, I pretty much... McGregor? 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 McGregor. McGregor says what I'm basically thinking in every scene of this movie. Um, like, they're walking around the port and he literally goes, what fresh hell is this? I'm like, <laughs> literally my reaction to any time something happens on screen. Uh, there's also this really cool, uh, like, pit boss fighting ring thing where they're like a scorpion's fighting a tarantula. And I'm, I I just made a note that the tarantula's got to win that fight, right? Like, that, that, that has to... Or not the tarantula, the scorpion. Scorpion's got to win that fight. Um, I also, it was never explicitly made clear what their relationship was. And so we were like 20, 30 minutes in this movie and I still didn't know what their relationship was uh, between McGregor and Lily. So <laughs> that, that was, kind of, like James said, there's very little solid explanation to most of this movie. They don't explain Almost anything. And then, like, 30 minutes later, you'll get, like, a note about it, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, my sister. And I'm like, oh, they're fucking related. Cool. Good to know that when I was wondering about it forever ago. Um, and then we cut back to Frank, who is, uh, he has had, he came back from his tour that he was giving. He owes the guy who runs the port money because he reasons got a loan to get a new engine didn't pay it back so they're taking his engine so his plan is to go break into that dude's office and steal the engine back um so that's what he's doing when our lovely lily comes and knocks on the door looking for the owner of the port who is not frank but Frank's going to pretend that he's the owner of the port because we need a casual comedy of mistaken identity for a little bit. Because that's never been done before and isn't overplayed and isn't annoying. Um, I also made a note about Lily's character in this movie that, uh, like, I, like, why is she so obsessed with this whole expedition. Um, and then, like, literally two seconds later, it was because like, she's like, because my dad was doing it. And I was like, ah, there it is. So we're just playing, we play a lot of tropes throughout this movie, and they're not played well. They're tired. They're not refreshed. It's 
I'm not going to scream and yell and rant like James did, um, because I have a lot of notes to get through, but it just, it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of things that we've already seen and they're, it's not executed well or fresh at all. Um, and then we go downstairs, they eventually come to an agreement that they will, he will take them on their to go find the tree with the tears from the moon um, for 20000 is what they originally agree on. They get downstairs. Turns out uh, McGregor has gone off and found the actual owner of the port, um, Milo, um, who he got to do it for $50,000. Mm. Um, Great negotiating. <laughs> Honestly. So... And then, so the whole thing's, like, exposed. The mistaken identity is exposed already, that it's not, Frank's not Milo. Um, so she goes off to get ready to get Milo to do it when a jaguar comes into the bar and starts fucking shit up. But not, like, really fucking shit up. Like, we don't bite anybody. We don't eat anybody. And then he gets into a like, Frank fends him off, he fights him, he throws a stake out the window, and the jaguar goes outside to get it. Um, and then, through his heroic act, Lily's like, I choose you, Pikachu, and takes Frank up on his deal, but for a cost of 5000 for lying to her, so now it's only 15000 or no, sorry, 12000 that he's going to get. Um, they, he ends up stealing the engine... They all hop on the boat, and they start going. And lo and behold, turns out that the jaguar is Frank's pet. It was all a ruse. And all I have to say about that is, how does one train a jaguar to do that? To do to fake a fight? Like I don't know. I don't know. No There's explanation no... is given. He says that he owns a bunch of cats later on. Yep. But no explanation is given as to how we train the cats to do the things. Nope. Um, we get we load up the boat and take off. Um, there's a the couple mishaps that happen there. She gets attacked by the henchman of the German dude trying to get the arrowhead. Um, Frank throws a lot of McGregor's belongings into the river because he brought like eight billion trunks. Super unnecessary. Um, they do a bunch of fighting because she gets attacked. So then Frank goes after her while McGregor steals the boat. Big mistake because we learn later that McGregor can't really drive. <laughs> um, and then the fight was actually pretty good. I will say that. Like, she, uh, at one point, Lily threw some chili flakes in the dude's eyes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The shit's rough. Um, she, like, used her hat. Like, it was a very resourceful fight. Overall, good fight combat. Like, good stage combat. All good. Um. I did make a note of why is it always the Germans that are the bad guys. Well, because historically, world wars get started by the Germans. Um. I also wrote, because then when we get on the boat, we find out that the German prince has a submarine. That's just chilling nearby. By the yeah, way. that's just been there. A German U-boat. And uh, I don't know how frequently submarines were used in World War One. I'm not gonna lie to you. He ends up using like a machine gun to shoot the boat. Does put some holes in the boat. That boat should have not made it. Um, 
Yes, because the amount of cataclysmic bullshit that happens um, during this uh, now boat fight is machine guns are being shot at this small wooden boat, and then a torpedo gets shot at this small wooden boat, and the small wooden boat ramps off a building to avoid the torpedo, which goes underneath the building and explodes another building. Like, astronomic levels of bullshit. And I just wrote that Frank deserves way more money than 15000 Yeah. For all of that. That alone, not to mention the rest of the fucking movie, Frank, owes more, Frank should have more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get some sexual tension, because, you know. What good would a movie be without sexual tension? We, we asked for that. Yay. And then it calms down. We're sailing along. Um, McGregor changes outfits, which I... We, we forgot to mention. You know how Indiana Jones doesn't like snakes? He doesn't, he doesn't do well with snakes. Oh, yeah, because our protagonist has to have Lily, a weakness. Lily has a weakness, a fatal flaw. <clears throat> and that fatal flaw is she can't swim. Got anything else to say about that, James? No, that's stupid as fuck. At least snakes are dangerous. (laughs) Like, there's peril. This comes from the man who's afraid of drowning? Yeah, but I'll go in a river. But not down a water slide. Okay, there are some real specific... There's some specifics to my particular fear of drowning. Um, Regardless... The 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 fit of law is that she can't swim, but it, I, I learned how to swim. I, I can swim. I'm totally capable of swimming. I've been s- swimming since I was f- five. My grandfather had a pool. I got thrown into the pool. I know how to swim. Okay. She never learned. Indiana Jones has had to deal with snakes. He can deal with it, but he doesn't like it. It's always snakes. It's an iconic line. You know what's not an iconic line? It's always water. <laughs> you should write the fucking movie. <laughs> um, McGregor changes outfits, which I thought was just funny. And then there, she's like, "Aren't you hot?" And all of that. And he's like, "I'm fine." And then two the instant cut to Jack Whitehall sunburned on the deck of the boat, missing most of his clothes. It's just his shirt, and it's open down to his like chest, going. <gasps> My eyeballs <sighs> are sweating. <laughs> And all I wrote was... Um, yeah, it'd be hot out there, bro. All I wrote was uh, me and S- Summer in Texas. Right. That's an exact, exact reenactment. No. I don't like this movie. But one of my most favorite things I've ever seen in a movie is in this movie. Right after this note. Do tell. There's so much shit that's going on in this movie. I am disinterested in all of it. Yeah. They they have seven different things going on at once, but it's not a well-orchestrated seven different things going on at once, so none of them are interesting. Yeah, the jumps back and forth between plot lines, because you, you do follow, like, the germ... It's very much like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, You're following every character's story. Yeah. But none of the characters are interesting. 
So following all the characters' stories results in a disjointed narrative that doesn't make sense. The jumps back and forth do feel rather, like, abrupt and sudden and, like, not clean. Um, so I can I, I can say that James is correct in that. Like, it just, it feels jarring. No. My favorite thing that I've seen in recent movie history is the go-between of your beautiful 4K cinema whatever and the crunched down earliest iteration of video ever in the hand-cranked movie camera that they used on the deck of the ship that Dr. Houghton brought, right? Super interesting to see the cuts between that and the uh, just regular beauty of the cinema. And, you know, there's no microphone or anything. There's no recording device. So when the characters are talking, if it cuts back to the hand crate camera, it is fucking silent and black and white. It's super fun. And I liked it a lot. But that's the most redeeming thing in the movie. And that's not really a very redeeming quality for the movie. Um, there's some notes that I'm skipping over because I don't know why I wrote them. Um, there's a note that, uh, that Lily says to Frank about how the Amazon is like the Garden of Eden. And I was like, if the Garden of Eden wanted to kill you and get eaten by the bugs, maybe. Maybe. But not really. Um, it's also... Then that we kind of also find out that uh, Frank here has an interest in the Arrowhead as well. Because um, everybody's been looking for this damn thing for fucking ever, apparently. Um, and all I said during this part when he starts like we start to really see that he's actually interested and this is how little i care about fucking lily in this movie i just said push her over and take the fucking thing like push her overboard she can't swim take the arrowhead as she goes down and uh we'll call it good he can't he's too horny fucking unneeded sexual tension and the power of boners that makes stupid things happen in this movie is fucking dumb I'm all for a good romance plot. Like, I love love. And I like when there's, like, cutesy moments and the will they, won't they, and blah, blah, blah. And in this one, it just, it didn't work. I don't know why, probably because I hated Lily. Lily was so unlikable. But you can, like, have a historically unlikable character. Um, I'm thinking, like, Mr. Darcy, for example, and things like that where they're, like, genuinely like they're designed to be unlikable and somehow you end up rooting for them but in this one like i had a character that was designed for me to root for them and i literally just wanted to watch her get eaten by the snakes <laughs> like i i didn't root for her in one moment i didn't care and i think that's the hardest thing about this movie is they didn't make me care yeah at no at no point are there stakes? And it's so funny to me because, okay, so they want to play off the doctor as this smart, totally capable, 
independent lady, right? And she is one of those three things. She's incredibly independent. To a fault. She and she can do some stuff. Her lock picking skill, that's the only Excellent. skill. That's the only the and I mean only the only actionable skill that she displays at any point in the entire movie is that she is remarkably good at picking locks. How how in the it is the year of our Lord 2022! You can't make a main character who can do more than one fucking thing? All she does for two hours is contradict everyone and pick locks. That's not a main character. That's a side character. That's a side character you have on screen for exactly five minutes, not 120. What the fuck is this writing? You cast Emily fucking Blunt. She's got more talent than everyone else. She can do more things. She can act better than you wrote it. For God's sakes, it's Disney. Get a fucking writer. Jesus. It's, the more I talk about it, the more angry I get. It's not the fucking lighting. I'm this red in real life. How? How? This is a script. This is a character I would have expected from a movie that's misogynistic and from the 70s. This is a Bond script. Where they literally name a character pussy. That, like... This is a Bond movie. But worse. In every way. I just... It's... This is the same point in the movie where... Every time someone says something, she just has to contradict it. It's it's like a hallmark of her personality. It's like, oh, you said this thing? Well, actually, no, it's this other thing. Oh, you want to do this thing? Well, actually, no, we should do this other thing. She's terrified of drowning. She's horrified. She can't swim. She doesn't know how to swim. But she's insistent that we have to take the more dangerous route to the objective. The one with rapids. The one with rapids. They've already got Dwayne Johnson, the skipper of the boat, on board with going to wherever. Because they don't actually tell you. They don't know where they're going. They've already got him on board. He's going to take them there. He's already committed to the bit. And he tells her, that way is the rapids. That is not the way we should go. We should go this way. It's an extra bit of travel, but we'll get there. There won't be danger. She's afraid of drowning because she can't swim. She knows what rapids are. He tells her that's the way the rapids are. And she says, we're going that way. And he does it. He doesn't. He has no reason to be afraid of it for reasons we'll get into later. But that's not a thing a person who is smart does. If I'm afraid of drowning and you tell me, well, it'll take us an extra 12 hours to go around this way, but there won't be rapids and we won't put the vessel at risk and we won't put our lives at risk. And I'm going to say, yeah, okay, let's take the scenic route. That's fine with me. I am not on a timetable here. What the fuck do you mean we're going the dangerous route? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's no, it's not. There's no sense 
the impractical application of real life thought is thrown into the fucking ocean. Don't you mean the river? Um. Uh... <laughs> James has walked off, which means this is a good point to end this episode. Um, for those of you listening off in podcast land, we will be back hopefully quicker than we have been lately. And again, I do apologize for that for part two. Um, and yeah, enjoy yourselves. Sorry for your earphone users out there. Bye.